to look at this through the reality that Jesus is greater than people pleasing. Why? Because all of us struggle with wanting to please people, don't we? Being pleasing to people is only a problem when we seek to please people at the expense of pleasing God. And all of us struggle with that. All of us live there. Everyone wants approval, and we all tend to look for it in the people around us. You try to please people, and when you don't get the response you think you should, you feel less than worthy. Instead of being a people pleaser, today, Pastor Daniel will encourage you to look for your worth in Jesus. He loves you more than anyone else could, and his opinion is the only one that should matter. Do all that you do for the glory of Jesus to please him. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Galatians chapter 1 as he begins his message, Jesus is greater than people pleasing. In my time here at Crossroads, each time we start a brand new series, you get really amped up about the beginning of the series. There's an expectation about what God wants to do. You don't really know what he wants to do. You just know that you're supposed to share this section of God's word. And then once the series gets going, you start to see a little bit about what God is doing and you get excited and then you hit the middle of the series and you're like, wow, okay, I see what God is up to. And then as you get towards the end of a series, of course, you start thinking, okay, God, what do you, how do you want to use this series going forward? You start preparing yourself for the next series. It's kind of a, a snapshot into my experience as, a, as one of the pastors here at Crossroads as we have new series that go off. And I'll be honest with you, I'm pretty geeked out about this new series that we're starting this weekend. And there, there's a reason why, though. Because in your life and in my life, In the experience of humanity, we all find that we know in the depths of who we are that Jesus is greater than everything, that our hearts and our lives and our minds and our actions need to be focused on Jesus. But life happens, circumstances happen, things go wrong or they go right. And before we know it, we're a little bit off. Other things, good things, necessary things, important things, sometimes straight up bad things, start to become more important. We find ourselves veering off course. That's your experience, isn't it? It's definitely mine. And what's amazing is is although times and seasons change, although cultures change, humanity is the same. As long as there's been people on the earth, all of humanity deals with this same struggle. And I know that in a congregation the size of ours here at Crossroads, 
many of us, or we find ourselves in all different places right now. But one thing remains the absolute same. And that's the fact that all of us are constantly needing to recalibrate and reorient our lives around just Jesus. Just Jesus. And so God really laid on my heart the study of the book of Galatians. So I want you to turn there right now. Galatians. The book of Galatians is in the New Testament, right? And so the New Testament's got the four gospels and then the book of Acts. And then you have the 13 letters of the apostle Paul. And Galatians comes after the book of Romans and first and second Corinthians. So it's the fourth of the apostle Paul's 13 letters. And it sits between second Corinthians and then the book of Ephesians. There in Galatians Chapter one, of course, if you have a tablet or a smartphone, you just pop it up. And as long as you put in G-A-L-1, you'll get there. It's really simple. Now, I want to also encourage you. I think for many of us, we need to begin to journal or write what God is speaking to us. So I really want to encourage you, whether you're pulling up a note on your phone or on, uh, you know, on uh, your favorite uh, note-taking app or, or whether you're just using the back of the bulletin or you're, you're buying yourself a new journal, you realize that in our culture, we are inundated with information. It, information is a commodity in our culture, which is a really cool thing. But when you're inundated with information, we end up forgetting a lot of the things that we hear. And so I think that writing what God is speaking to you, the things that you're learning in the word, it gives you the opportunity to go back later today and tomorrow and, and in 10 years and revisit the things that God was speaking to your life. I think back on my life as a student of the Bible and as a follower of Jesus. I can go back to journals and I can be placed right back again into lessons that God was teaching me. And so I don't normally recommend that, but I just really felt that for the book of Galatians, I really believe that God wants to profoundly change our lives and eternity as we come back to Jesus again for the very first time as we find our lives being reoriented again. And I believe that God's going to use the book of Galatians to do that in our midst. So what I'm going to do is we're going to take the first 10 verses of the book of Galatians. I'm going to read it through and then we're going to unpack it and we'll see what God has for us. So in Galatians chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Paul an apostle, not from man nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. And all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you, then what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. 
As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So I've called this message, Jesus is greater than people-pleasing. And I get that from verse 10, don't I? That Paul says, do I persuade men or God? And if I wanted to please men, I wouldn't be a a bondservant of Christ. So I'm going to get to that in verse 10. But really, I want us to look at this through the reality that Jesus is greater than people-pleasing. Why? Because all of us struggle with wanting to please people, don't we? Being pleasing to people is only a problem when we seek to please people at the expense of pleasing God. And all of us struggle with that. All of us live there. Am I going to please people or am I going to please God? So everything we're going to unpack is going to be through that lens that Jesus is greater than people pleasing. Now, Don't miss, we have a brand new series hashtag, that hashtag CCC greater. That's the new hashtag. You have to spell out greater because you can't use a hashtag with a a non-letter or number character in it. So CCC greater. Now, this is the beginning of a letter. So you notice that like all letters, you have the author, Paul. You have the recipients of the letter, the churches of Galatia. And then you have the introductory pleasantries. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And if the Apostle Paul wrote that today, he probably would have written it in a text message or an email. And all the same things would be there, right? It would come from Paul's inbox or Paul's cell phone. It would be addressed to you or to a group of people. Their numbers or their email addresses would be in the the who's receiving it. And then, of course, there might be like a Hey, everybody, or whatever the normal pleasantry. This is just the way a letter begins. But we actually learn a lot in a simple introduction. We learn a lot about the Apostle Paul. Really, we learn many details of his life from the first five verses. So I want to give you the principle, and then we're going to unpack it. The principle is that we need to be who Jesus made us to be. You need to be who Jesus made you to be. That's what we're going to learn about the Apostle Paul, that he was in the process of becoming who Jesus made him to be. Now, I realize I've been saying, be who Jesus made you to be. That's a pretty provocative term in our culture. Idea, why? Because our culture says, be who you want to be. Right? Be all that you can be. Now, I stole that slogan from the armed forces. I'm not meaning to malign that in any way. But our culture says, you get to be who you want to be. But I want to tell you, that's a fool's errand. Being who you want to be is foolishness because what you want changes with each passing day. Our wants, our desires change in an instant. Style changes so fast. 
Many of you live in houses with that mauve formica countertop. That was a happening look. And if you hold on long enough, it will come back around again. Because tastes change. How many of you wish you didn't get rid of all those really super cool clothes that you wore in the 80s, the the fluorescent pink leg warmers? Those things are way back in right now, I was told. You won't catch me dead in them. But our wants and our desires change so quickly, so fast. And if you look back over your life, the things that you wanted, it changed so fast. But the key is to not be who you want to be, but the key is to be who Jesus made you to be. And that is really the struggle of life, isn't it? To find our identity in who Jesus created us to be. Because he created us. In him we live and move and we have our being. And it is him who will be with us always, even until the end of the age. We have not only this life, but we have an eternal life in the hereafter, all with Jesus. And so the key for us is to learn not how to be who we want to be, which is going to change with the seasons, but we need to be who Jesus created us to be. And the Apostle Paul is a prime example of that. Because if you read your Bible, you realize the Apostle Paul, who he is, to the church in Galatia was not his whole story. So we're going to learn who Jesus created the apostle Paul to be, and then we're going to apply these things to our own life. Notice first, Paul, an apostle. So we find that Paul is an apostle. I almost always call him the apostle Paul. An apostle is someone who is sent on a commission. God made God created Paul to be an apostle, one who is sent with a message. And he says that. Notice the apostle Paul gets on a rabbit trail in four words. This is pastor and Bible teacher's favorite reality. Notice it says, Paul an apostle, parentheses, not from man nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead. Four words, he's on a rabbit trail. That's where us pastors get it from. So when we go on, when we go on a rabbit trail, just thank God for the Apostle Paul. But notice, he wants to be very clear. He's being who God made him to be. And he says, nobody made me this, not from men, as though he was appointed by some official body, maybe like Matthias in Acts chapter 1, when the apostles got together and pulled straws, cast lots, and decided that Matthias is the next one. It wasn't from an official body, nor through men. No man made the Apostle Paul who he was, not Ananias who God used to see Paul receive his sight again in Damascus in Acts chapter 9, not Barnabas who extended the open door of ministry to Saul of Tarshish before he was known as the Apostle Paul. But he was an apostle by God. God made him what he was. So Paul is an apostle. We also learn here that Paul is a church planter and a pastor. Notice, and all the brethren who are with me. 
The Apostle Paul was constantly surrounded by a group of people who worked alongside of him, people who he co-labored in the work of the ministry with. And he's saying, look, this letter is not only for me, it's from all the brethren who are with me. And notice it says, to the churches of Galatia. Now, notice it says churches. See, Galatia was not a city. Galatia was a territory. It was a region. And the Apostle Paul would pioneer churches all through this region. Now, Galatia is in what we would call modern-day Turkey, Asia Minor. Biblical cities like Antioch, like Lystra and Derbe and Iconium, these were all in the region of Galatia. So this is what they would call a circular letter. It wasn't to one congregation. It was to a series of congregations that the Apostle Paul had pioneered and was caring for. It's pretty powerful, isn't it? See, and the Apostle Paul, he was not only a church planter, but the Apostle Paul was a pastor. And we end up having all these writings by this apostle because he's not there. And so he wants to care for the churches. So you find the Apostle Paul in the region of Galatia on all three of his missionary journeys. You find it in Acts 13 and 14. You find it in Acts chapter 16. And on his third missionary journey on Acts chapter 18, the Apostle Paul is moving through this area of Galatia. And he is writing letters to them because he cares for them. Notice, grace to you and peace in verse 3 from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul had a shepherd's heart. Back in the day when you couldn't be somewhere, you would write a letter. Again, today the Apostle Paul would maybe post little selfie videos and call them two-minute messages and post them up on the internet. (laughs) Maybe he would send text messages. See, he was using the means of his day to care for the body. Because he was a pastor. And I love this. He says to them, of course, grace to you and peace. Martin Luther called this grace and peace constitute what Christianity is. Grace, God's unmerited, unearned, undeserved favor. Peace, all of the fullness and blessings of God. In all of Paul's letter, that's how he greeted people. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I think we probably need to resurrect that kind of a greeting so that we remind one another that grace and peace is at the heart of the Christian message. Now, what's beautiful about this is grace is the source of our salvation and peace is the result of our salvation. Grace is the wellspring from which salvation happens, and peace is the fruit of it. Now, I know for some of you, a word like salvation, they're like, well, okay, that's a deep word. That's a biblical word. Literally, the word salvation means to buy back from slavery. And for the children of Israel, there's a lot of history to that because they were in, they were slaves in Egypt and God saved them and delivered them into the promised land. They had been in exile in Babylon and God again delivered them and saved them and brought them back to the promised land. 
So for the children of Israel, the idea of salvation had very specific historical overtones. But for you and I, for many of us, we don't have the historical overtones. But God's salvation for you and for me isn't only from being impoverished or enslaved and being set free. The salvation that God saves us from is actually our obsession with ourselves. God saves you and saves me and divorces us from our self-obsession. So you know this, and so do I, that the kingdom of self is highly fortified. And God knows that when it's all about you, misery comes. You know why? Because if it's all about you, you are not the center of everybody else's life. As I like to say, When you are the center of your own universe, it's quite disconcerting when you realize you're not the center of anybody else's universe. Bam. (laughs) Happy New Year. (laughs) See, God wants to save us from ourselves. He wants to deliver us from our own narcissism and say, God, my life, what I want isn't as important as who you are and what you want for me. See, and God saves us because of grace. Grace is the source of our salvation. God doesn't save you because you deserve it. God saves you and me and all who would believe because God is gracious. It's not about what you do or don't do. It's about who he is and what he has done and what he wants to do right now. See, grace is the source and the fruit of A grace-filled salvation is peace. And peace comes from the relationship with God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Now, that's a pastor's heart for you. Grace and peace, G and P. God's the source of our salvation and a quiet conscience. God's result of so great a salvation. Paul was an apostle. He was a pastor and a church planner. Notice in verse 4. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. Fourth, we learned, or third, we learned that Paul is forgiven. Paul, see, I love this because sometimes you read about the apostle Paul and you're like, man, that guy was a heavyweight. I mean, he must have just been so right on. But you see what he says here. He's talking about the resurrection of Jesus and grace and peace from God and Jesus who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age. See, the Apostle Paul was a guy just like you and me. Jesus is Crossroads Community Church, Jesus is Real Radio. These are the outros for the Jesus is Greater Than Everything series. These are outros one and two. Here is one, part one. The Apostle Paul was a titan of faith, someone we look to as an example for following Jesus. But as Pastor Daniel reminded you today, Paul was human too. He made mistakes, he had flaws, and he needed Jesus. 
Pastor Daniel reminded you not to put Paul on a pedestal, but instead to learn from his example of living. Paul recognized his faults and was eager to tell of them, always to show people of the abundant grace of Jesus. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel Fusco here to tell you about my book, Upward, Inward, and Outward. You've heard me talk about these three directions for living again and again on Jesus is Real Radio, and I think they're so important. I wanted to write a book to explain even more. Upward, Inward, and Outward teaches you the importance of developing a right relationship with God and how that teaches you to love yourself well. From those two healthy relationships can spring a well of love for people around you, and that's what transforms our world. Find out more and get your own copy at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will remind you that gratitude is a great cure for grumpiness. It's easy to find yourself complaining and grumbling about what you think you're owed, but what would happen if you instead chose to look for God's blessing? You'll find it, but you do have to make a conscious effort to look for it. When you realize how much God's done for you, spend time thanking Him. You've been listening to Jesus Is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through his series, Jesus is Greater Than Everything. Until then, may God bless.